800-785-9132. That's 800-785-9132. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-785-9132. Welcome back to America This Week. I'm John Trout. More drama from Britney Spears. This time it includes her ex-husband and one of her sons. Kevin Carr has that. Britney Spears' family drama continues to spill into the public eye. After Spears broke her silence last week about her controversial 13-year conservatorship, her husband, Kevin Federline, spoke with 60 Minutes Australia. All I know is that you have a family that is worried about their daughter and trying to do whatever they can to help her. In addition to Federline, the couple's 15-year-old son, Jaden, also spoke to the interviewers in which he defended the family. I think some people are just like ceasing to realize how much he cares about her. Addressing another sore spot, Jaden explained why family drama kept him from Spears' wedding this summer. I mean, she didn't invite her whole family, and then if it was just going to be me and Preston, like, I just don't see how that situation would have, like, ended on, you know, good terms. This weekend, Spears took again to Instagram to reply. Jaden, it was a miracle I could even have a normal conversation when I got out of that place. You were just like my other family. Spears maintains that a key issue is her money, which is what she claimed fueled the conservatorship in the first place. However, she offered a reminder that once her children turn 18, she is no longer compelled to provide them or Federline with an income. Do you guys want me to get better so I can continue to give your dad 40 grand a month? Or is the reasoning behind you guys deciding to be hateful is because it's actually over in two years and you don't get anything? I'm Kevin Carr. A lot of folks were on the move during the Labor Day weekend last week, and as correspondent Norman Hall tells us, holiday air travel, despite concerns of ongoing airport delays, has topped pre-pandemic levels for the first time. For the first time since COVID-19 brought air travel to a standstill, the number of people streaming through U.S. airport security checkpoints over a holiday weekend exceeded pre-pandemic levels. The summer travel season ended on a busy note as more than 8.7 million people passed through security in the last four days, topping Labor Day weekend of 2019. That's according to the Transportation Security Administration. Airlines canceled about 640 U.S. flights between Friday and Monday, 0.6% of the total, according to tracking service FlightAware. That's less than one-third the cancellation rate between June 1st and Labor Day. Delays were down two. The busiest day was Friday, when TSA screened 2.48 million travelers. By Norman Hall. There are memorials and remembrances this weekend as we commemorate the 21st anniversary of the terror attacks on September 11th, we remember lives lost, first responders' heroism, and men and women in the U.S. military who began the fight in the war on terror. Never forget was the vow Americans made all those years ago. America This Week is produced by Jeff McKay, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout on the Westwood One Radio Network. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. Nine o'clock. Pomp and pageantry. I'm Pam Husso, Fox News. A royal accession in London for the new king. Publish and proclaim that the Prince Charles Philip Arthur George is now, by the death of our late sovereign of happy memory, become our only lawful and rightful liege lord. Charles III. During a ceremony at St. James Palace, steeped in tradition... The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD. Blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome, everyone, to Success Happens. It's great to be with you today. I just want you to know I'm calling you from a beautiful view of, a, of the water and a golf course, and I'm loving life, but I wanted to make sure we did this show. You know, we're in the countdown to November 8th and our election, and it could not be more important right now, the different issues that we're dealing with and making sure that we cover them. So, I wanted to, um, it came to my attention recently, uh, in fact, yesterday evening, that there's a major deadline for Title IX changes on the 12th of September. This impacts every family, 
every mom and dad and child in our nation. And there's been some specific changes in Maryland as a result of the current administration that people should be knowledgeable about and, frankly, should take action to contact your legislators and let them know it's not okay. But first thing I want to do is bring you in on what's going on. So I'd like to play a promotional uh, clip. This is by an organization. Uh, so it's about that organization and their position. But I want it, I think it does a good job to kind of outline what the issue is. So we'll go ahead and play that now. A mother and father in Florida are suing their school district after their 12-year-old daughter attempted suicide at her school. According to the parents, it was only then that they were notified that she had been receiving counseling from the school about her gender identity and that it was kept from the family because of their Catholic faith. I immediately called the school and was told I cannot be given any information about the meeting because my daughter was now protected by a non-discrimination law essentially protected for me. They presume me to be a danger to my child. Title IX is the landmark law passed in 1972 that banned sex discrimination in all federally funded K-12 and college education programs and sports. Now, 50 years later, the Biden administration is working to undermine those sex-based protections and to promote radical gender identity ideology as mandated policy in our schools. On July 12th, the administration announced their intention to rewrite the scope of Title IX to include sexual orientation and gender identity, all without congressional approval. The new rules would universally undermine biological sex and endorse an ideology that teaches children they can be born in the wrong body. They would allow school officials to authorize a child's gender transition at school without requiring the consent of their parents. This will do children medical harm. Many children will go on to chemical and surgical changes that end in sterility, infertility, and lifelong sexual dysfunction. Ironically, these changes would hijack the equal opportunities that once provided girls by forcing girls to share private spaces and to compete against biological males in their sports. The administration is required to consider the negative impacts of its proposed rules. Parents, educators, and community leaders must make your concerns known by submitting public comments through the online portal telling the administration why these new rules should not be adopted. You must do this by September 12th. Visit our website for more information, a link to the federal online portal, and resources to help you. everybody welcome back this is jen and i wanted to use that clip as a way to inform you because when you hear about what this issue is there's so many ramifications again from a human services perspective which is what i've done for years now um the psychological impact and the psychological confusion of of this is enormous we're going to hear later from a mom who's dealing with it directly with her daughter um, but the first woman spoke about this child who was suicidal. So this is not um, child's play. This is dead serious. And what we're looking at is a couple of things. First of all, parental rights are given by God, not by a government, not by a governor, not by some legislator sitting in some seat in some state capital. Two, this is a state versus federal issue. Federally mandating things that drive things like participation in sports or education or how our children are educated is not under the federal purview according to the Constitution as I understand it. So we're going to have a few experts on. I'd like to start with Jordana Schifanelli, candidate for lieutenant governor, running alongside Dan Cox. And I, it's my honor and pleasure to have Jordana once again with us here on Success Happens. And I wonder, Jordana, are you there? Jordana? Okay, I don't know if she's with us at this time, but... 
uh, one of the things to keep in mind is that Dan Cox ran on uh, freedom, parental rights, uh, our God-given rights. And, you know, when you look at what's going on in the um, legislatures, whether it be state or, or, or national, it's important for legislators, and, and this kind of points to something. I might as well bring it up now that we're, we're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks. But the down ballot is as important as the head of the ballot in the case in here in Maryland or in the case in Pennsylvania. For those of you listening from South Central PA and Adams County, shout out to you guys. But the governor is important. The governor sets the tone for the state. But your legislators, and I don't care whether they are representing you and your district or they're representing your neighbors, all their votes collectively decide your fate and mine. So we have to have, we have to have legislators who are not taking us backwards, which I call regressive. It's not progressive. It's actually regressive. The liberal mentality, these uber liberals, there's some really great Democrats out there. Some of them I call my friends and my family. But when you get to these extremists who are wreaking terror on our educational system, and the impact of it is, is generational, we have to start to deal with unseating these legislators who are collectively driving us in a direction that is not appropriate or God-given. And it's certainly not what the desire of the people. If any parent I talk to knows that they want their child to be protected, and their job is to do that, until such time as they're old enough. Most people, it exceeds 18, but the state says it's 18. But for most parents... That's a lifetime commitment. So I'm sorry we don't seem to have Jordana with us, but hopefully she's dialing in now. So um, I want to introduce a couple of ladies that I, you know, God always has a plan. So we're here in the shore, and I just happened to meet through my friend here, Natalie. We're down here, and we met a couple of ladies who are working on the Cox and Schifanelli campaign, but also who are parents and who are looking at what, what are the things that we need to be concerned with for our families and for the kids and so forth? So even if you're not a parent, it's our children who we're, we're protecting, and, and I think we're kind of all in it together. So first of all, I'd like to introduce Mindy and Kate, and so thank you guys for being here. Welcome to Success Happens. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. It's a pleasure. So they're working hard to tell the truth about what's going on. And, and frankly, uh, Mindy brought this to my attention yesterday. I said, oh, my goodness, if this is on the 12th, we need to deal with this. Mindy, would you say something briefly about the bill as you see it and what we're facing on the 12th? Yes. Yeah, so the proposed Title IX revisions by the Department of Education are open for public comment by September 12th. And basically, they would allow all this gender, <clears throat> excuse me, dysphoria and changes to to be undermining parental rights, even in the school system, as you heard in that clip. So we must make public comment now um, and submit it. Where would people send their uh, public comments? There's a website called childparentrights.org that explains it. It actually has that video you play, or you know, you played the audio of, and it has step-by-step -step guidelines, even preloaded Word documents for, um, and it's childparentrights.org. So it has the Word documents you can easily edit and submit your own comment. Okay, everybody. So we're calling you into action. It's really important. So now we have Jordana Schifanelli, who's taking time away from her duties to campaign to change and save Maryland. Really, uh, welcome, Jordana. It's so great to talk to you again. Glad to have you back on Success Happens. I am so glad you're running this episode and this topic because it is so critical for all people in Maryland to get on board and start writing uh, public comments on the website you just stated. I would put everything on hold to address people, parents, and, and children on this matter. 
Thank you so much. Now, from your perspective as running for, the, you know, the second in command of the state office, what would you – how do you see this as a state issue, and what do you and uh, Dan Cox plan to do to address these kinds of issues that are infringing on parental rights? To me, I am first an attorney, and I'm paying specifically close attention uh, to the, to two key issues in this in this bill that is proposed by Biden administration. The first one, as an attorney, to me, the burden of proof that was set forth by the Trump administration, which would be clear and convincing evidence. So someone needs to present clear and convincing evidence to show that there has been some kind of sexual harassment or sexual discrimination in education is now going to be wiped away by Biden administration's preponderance of the evidence. Now, the preponderance of the evidence standard is more likely than not. Clear and convincing evidence is something a little bit higher. So in other words, with clear and convincing evidence standard, people need to actually present a truthful and, and uh, uh, evidence of that someone has been discriminated as opposed to mere allegation, more likely than not, I was not allowed to go to this bathroom. Or it's more likely than not that, you know, my child was looked sideways because he or she is where, or, or, or because they're not using a particular pronoun that he or she would like to, uh, to be, uh, a child to be addressed at. This is creating a mockery on Title IX and Title VII as the legislature intended it to be. So for Title VII, discrimination in employment, it's denying someone rights to, to work because of their religion, gender, national origin, uh, which would be the enumerated characteristics of the person. This Title IX would be denying people rights to attend educational institutions based on their gender or sex. This time, they're creating a frivolous filings and frivolous motions and frivolous litigation over bathroom policies, over men in women's sports. It is intended to destroy our education. It is the final nail on the coffin in our children's education. Well, and you know what? I, I really appreciate you bringing that legal perspective and, and the, the differences. It's a slippery slope, everyone. Once you start this kind of degradation of, of uh, frankly, the rights of others in favor of one group, you cannot do that. And, and this is where it starts to become like the children are the property. And we're going to hear from a parent who's going through this with a, with a child right now, where the, the, the government and the educational institution and the child have more rights than the parent, and the parent has no ability to protect this child when it comes to mental wellness issues, mental health issues, as it relates to this kind of um, gender ideology. Right. Well, not just, so, no, not just that. Not just only that. This proposed regulation is intending to strip away our due process. Due process as parents as children. For an example, the Trump administration before issued regulations that narrowed the definition of sexual harassment. Okay, and it and it created the requirement that if there is a sexual harassment allegation, you have to go through and, and, and respect due process, which is okay. I have a complaint. I need witnesses. I need you know to present my evidence. I need a hearing. This Biden administration proposal just does the opposite. It broadens the definition. It eliminates live hearing and cross-examination of witnesses. It allows the same person who investigates sexual misconduct complaints to also be the judge and determine guilt or innocence. Okay, if this is as an attorney, and Dan and I are both attorneys, it is turning our due process completely upside down. It's something from the, uh, you know, horror textbook of communist regime that, uh, some, that the prosecutor is also going to be your judge and it's also going to be your witness. Like, this is a, a witch trial 
in the education system. It's awful. And I think that everybody needs to be so much up in arms in what's happening to our children and our families. Well, listen, Jordana, thank you so much for all you're doing to save Maryland. We we certainly appreciate uh, your passion and your commitment and all that. I think there's, there is a, I'm not even going to call it a red wave. I'm going to call it a freedom wave that's crossing this state. And I think crossing the region, you're seeing it in Pennsylvania. You're seeing it with Yonkin in Virginia. Uh, I just met a gentleman from Delaware they, you know, they're trying to figure it out, but they're pretty, pretty uh, lost right now. But there's a real movement, and people really have had enough. And I don't. This is not a party issue. This is a family and God thing. So thank you, Jordana, for being with us. I know you're off to another event. Is there anything else? How can we? Yep. How can we support you all out there? I just want people to get more informed. I think information has been suppressed. Obviously, you don't hear these details on mainstream uh, media. I would like all radio stations to call me anytime to talk about our country, our due process, our children, our families, uh, that we cannot dismantle Constitution. We cannot dismantle Maryland Declaration of Rights. And this attack... It's not attack just on issues. It's attack on our system of values. And I think every parent and every citizen, retiree and young families, need to be much concerned too as to what's happening. And just give guys, promote us as much as you can. Go out there and be louder because our freedoms are on attack and freedom of speech is the first First Bill of Rights, that you guys can speak louder than, than anything. So everybody needs to go and, 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 and speak to the truth, speak to the, the rights of each child and each family to see the curriculum, challenge what's been taught in school, challenge definitions in school, challenge the definitions that are now being imposed on us as normal. Things that our Democrats are doing are not normal. They are twisted, perverted, and sick, and we need to save our children. God bless you. On that note, I'm going to bring in Jamie Brennan, and she's with Moms for Liberty. Jordana, have a great day out on the campaign trail Thank today. You guys. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, next up is going to be Jamie Brennan, and Jamie is uh, the lead for Moms for Liberty in Frederick County. Jamie, are you there? Hi, Jen. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Always a pleasure. Thanks for coming back on. And uh, really, you heard what Jordana had to say. Can you please bring us up to speed on what's happening in this Title IX and the impact of it and uh, what you're, you all are doing on it? So, obviously, you know, we've covered, you know, the changes and the change to the um, sex-based accommodations, which was initially – um, designed towards helping making sure girls' sports had equal opportunities, et cetera. So the Biden administration is completely turning that on its head, and it's adding into it sexual um, um, sexual preference and gender ideology into the mix of things that they consider sexual-based harassment. So how that's ultimately going to play out in schools is obviously biological males and our girls' sports. Um, it's also you know, biological males in what was previously girls-only spaces, such as bathrooms and locker rooms. Um, and then, but insidiously and, and kind of, you know, which w those fights, you know, are going on in districts all over the country already. And so, you know, we, a lot of us have heard about those things. But, uh, but some of the, the more insidious aspects of this are that it actually encourages schools to hide um, gender transition or, you know, how if kids are struggling with their gender identity, it actually encourages kids to hide that information, you know, from their parents. Um, it, so it's, Which it's broad me, let me just say and this. it basically impacts every family. Jamie, you know, I think that that's creating a break in trust between a parent and a child. You know, if you can't talk to your child about anything, you can't talk to them when you must talk to them to save them from things like drugs or having sex before they should or, you know, all of those things that go on. 
if we if somebody says I can't you're hiding information from me. I now have a breakdown in trust and faith and confidence and relationship with my own child. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally completely agree with that. And, and that's kind of the design of all of it. But I'll tell you, I mean, and this is urgent. This is a very urgent issue and we need to all make public comment on this issue. But the Maryland state um, department of education has already expanded our family life um, curriculum in the state of Maryland, they've, they've issued a framework to expand that, and districts all over the, the, the state are working to meet those expanded frameworks. And included in that framework is a lot of this stuff with the gender identity stuff um, and, you know, introducing in young grades, you know, stories and books about differing families and, um, you know, boys who don't feel like they're boys and girls who don't feel like they're girls and introducing those into the curriculum that's just kind of woven throughout, which kind of creates that environment where you might put an idea in a child's head where they weren't already thinking about it. And then to the extent that they begin to think, you know, kind of have concerns for themselves or, um, you know, begin to question things, then the school is setting themselves up as, we understand you. We are here for you, not your parents. And, you know, it's getting to the point as parents where we have to wonder, you know, I never thought I'd be telling my child, like, don't talk to teachers, you know, but I feel like, you know, as they expand this, that that's, you know, a concern we have to have. Like, don't talk about your family at school. You don't talk. These well, are not safe people. And that's scary thought to be and as a parent well and when you think about this notion of communism communism is about controlling the mind and controlling behavior and communism owns you you're a property of the state that's with a with a pulse so This notion that we no longer have that domain over family, child, over elderly. Next thing they're going to tell us, we can't save our parents. (laughs) I mean, this is what's coming. That's why I said earlier, it's a slippery slope. Because we're losing our grip on our personal rights and freedoms that are God-given, not government-given. So we need to take a quick break for news and weather. So I want to do that now and give, uh, Jamie, if you don't mind, hang on. And then we're going to bring another mom on with you. So I want you guys to have that conversation because this is a heart-wrenching story about a young child who is really uh, caught in the crossfire of what's going on. You're listening to Jen on Success Happens. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek, we're scooping now, Dianovich and Associates, a great security company, and Flamingo Pool Supplies. We'll be right back. 30 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have uh, a couple of ladies on the line who are going to be speaking about their experiences, but one in particular is a mom, and I just want to make sure we have Lisa on the line. Lisa, are you there? So Lisa is a mom whose whose daughter has been uh, involved in this process, And I wanted her to share her story. She is public about it. And um, I would say at this point, there are parents across the country who are fighting for the lives of their children in the midst of chaos and confusion. You know, it's hard enough to be a kid going through puberty and adolescence and all the insanity of it in a normal circumstance. It's hard enough to deal with it with none of these outside additional distractions or influences. But, you know, there are, I'll just say, and uh, Lisa, are you there? So when Lisa comes on the line, she'll, she'll let me know. But I, when I was a kid, I really struggled in my high school years. I had been through some really 
Jennifer. Todd Singh. Hi, Lisa. Hold the, hold the line. Let me just finish this right quick and I'll bring you on. So just stand by. Okay. You know, I, I went through this, this identity crisis trying to understand who I was, what was important to me. You know, you know, when you're dealing with love and affection and sexuality, it's all so confusing for a child. And then you get these outside pressures of kids trying to tell you how you should be. Or, frankly, teachers, say it, groomed children, and grooming is a thing. It's not new since we've been talking about this in education. Grooming is an issue in human trafficking that is a known methodology for bringing children and people, women, men, into a human trafficking process, a business. It's like, you know, you're in the business of grocery or you're in the business of IT or you're in the business of selling, I don't know, uh, clothing, or you're in the business of selling sex. That's what human trafficking is. And grooming is a part of that business. It's a horrid, horrid thing. But the bottom line is it happens. The other thing we know is that sometimes really bad people do really bad things, and children, young people, and this is, a, this is an adult conversation, okay, young people are raped. In the moment that rape occurs, that person undergoes post-traumatic stress syndrome. Disorder. It's a disorder. PTSD. You hear about it in military, but we rarely kind of associate it with rape, incest, and those things that occur, human trafficking. I've known victims of human trafficking who've been saved. It is a lifelong struggle that alters you forever. So the notion that our educational system would participate in any aspect of that is beyond shocking. So, uh, Lisa, please tell people your story and, and this what you're dealing with right now. Okay. Thank you for having me on, Jen. It's a, a pleasure to be with you today, um, but not for this reason, because I wish this was a subject I didn't know so well. Um, but you brought up a very important detail um, the majority of our transgender children today have been sexually assaulted in most cases. Um, and, and you're right, that scenario, and then add in, my, my daughter was, and um, at a high school as well, we tried to get justice. So add in when your own um, legal system says it didn't happen. So with that in combination of the trauma of it in itself, now being told it didn't happen, um, I've been trying to get my daughter help and, uh, through many avenues, and um, I came across a bill that was passed in October of 2018 that Larry Hogan signed into law, and it's the Health Occupation Conversion Therapy for Minors uh, Prohibition Act. This is actually in almost 20 states now. California was the first. Maryland was the 11th to sign it. Virginia's Governor Ralph Northam did it before the new governor came in to save things there. Um, and Florida, interestingly, has the law being in such a free state, but two therapists went to fight it. Um, in Boca Raton and Palm Beach, and they won in the 11th Circuit Court because this actually violates their freedom of speech. And so as a, as a parent, I've called over 20 places to try to get help for my child. I even took her to a place here in Maryland, and the first question that was asked of her by the nurse taking her back was what is your preferred pronoun and preferred name? And I started crying to the intake person being, I'm leaving my daughter in the wrong place. And um, it's a fact that when you put several children together, especially girls, 
who feel this way and have had similar situations, the majority of children that are going through this now have, you know, depression, anxiety, they've tried to commit suicide, and these things seem to be something that is a badge of honor on the TikTok channel, and the girls are comparing their sicknesses and praising each other, sadly. Um, and it is now two in 100 girls um, believe they are transgender. Only 10 years ago, it was one in 10,000. I have a lot of facts, so I'll leave you with that and see where. But what you're saying is so true. Um, what's going on? It's just crazy. Well, first of all, I think you're heroic fighting this. You're fighting for your daughter and her life. And I, I don't mean that, left. you know. Yeah. Say again. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, my point being that it's the, the quality of life. It's not even just that somebody may or may not be suicidal. It is that there's a quality of life that goes with being a human that we all aspire to. Mm-hmm. And um, these justifications that we do in society today don't serve people. It's like we want to pussyfoot around something rather than take it head on because we don't want to offend somebody. Yeah. But sometimes offend away is appropriate when life and the quality of life is at stake. So I, I really commend you. <clears throat> One of the things I think, you know, I want to bring Jamie back into the conversation because Jamie, your organization is Moms for Liberty. Um, have you taken this on as an issue, how can you all work together? Lisa's in Anne Arundel County. Jamie, you're in Frederick County. This is a national issue, but let's take, let's take it one county at a time right here in Maryland. How can you all collaborate to make a difference? What other Moms for Liberty organizations are out there, Jamie? Well, right an active chapter and um, we're uh, getting very close to having um, nine and ten. We have a couple of them here in the works. So we are trying to make a difference across the state. Um, now that we have enough chapters where we've actually are, you know, regularly involved with talking with the MSDE, we're actively um, approaching their meetings, we're getting more involved in legislation. Um, but, you know, on a local level in each county, you know, every county, including I'm here in Frederick County, Frederick County has MOUs with organizations, the, the kind of um, co- companies that um, therapy organizations, you know, that worked with Lisa's daughter. And that, and our schools have the right to send kids on and refer them. There was a law, and I do not remember the exact um, law, but it, it lowered the, and it could be the one that Lisa mentioned earlier, but it lowered the age of consent for health services, mental health services, from 16 to 12. So our, our middle school age children can get mental health services through the school, and the school can keep that entirely confidential from us. So what we're trying to do as an organization is fight back at the county level and at the state level. Um, and, you know, but we need parents to step up, you know, I mean, it's fantastic. I'm very sorry for Lisa's story and her daughter's story. There's, there's sadly a lot of children in that same boat here in Maryland. Um, but we need more parents, you know, the general public, to start getting organized and join us. I mean, join, you know, we have, obviously, there's, there's Moms for Liberty chapters in Frederick, Carroll, Hartford. There's one in Anne Arundel County, um, Kent County, Talbot County, um, and... Baltimore County, so, um, and we're, you know, working on a couple other counties. So, you know, find your local chapter and start to get involved. Start to help us. We can only um, make a difference if we're in a position where we can talk to people and we have the numbers of people behind us. Go to your board of education meeting. They slip these things through when nobody's looking. The expanded health curriculum, which introduces gender identity ideology to young children, in our schools through weaving it throughout with nice, happy little stories, that was 
approved. That framework was approved in 2019 when nobody was watching. Um, and so I kind of well, feel like... Let me stop. I want to, I want to say something. This is going to be hard to say, but it's, it's got to be said. This happened under Governor Hogan's administration. Yes, ma'am. If it slipped through, shame on him. Because he was supposed to be looking out. Yeah, we should be looking out. But we're running our businesses and our lives and taking kids to soccer and whatever. And so, so shame on him. Shame on him and the people he had in place that he appointed who should have been watching this stuff. One. Sure. I mean, Two. the MSDE that, you know, is right, that it approved this framework are appointed by Hogan. So they, they, they're all the ones who are approving this, this, the expanded sexual education um, curriculum. But also he signed the legislation that impacted Lisa's daughter. So, but, and if he had, he might have, they might have overruled him. He might have, they might have had enough votes to overrule his veto. But if he had vetoed it, we would have known about it because it would have been. Yes, you would have. That's exactly right. And there's zero transparency, zero transparency and zero accountability. And this man wants to run for Senate or the presidency. Oh, no, thanks. So, but I want to go back to, um, this notion of lowering the age for mental health, and we're not going to do any breaks today. I just want to make sure we get all this information out there. Okay, this is really important, and I want people to get involved with Moms for Liberty across the state. And I don't care if you're a mom. You can be a dad. You can be a grandparent. You can be a no parent. You don't have any children. Still get involved. This is our community. This is our state, and we have to fight for our kids. They're our future. So, But when you take that mental health down from 16 to 12, I want to just say something again from the human services perspective. There are kids who are in abusive environments. Unfortunately, there are parents who abuse their children. In those situations, it's imperative that those kids have a place to go to get help. They have to be able to get help confidentially. But when you start to expand this outside of the range, so, so one is when the parent isn't doing what the parent should do or they're harming that child, you must protect the child. Frankly, that's a lot of what the abortion rights is about because the child is, is the innocent victim. So um, I just want to make sure I said that. Do you have any comments about about that, Jamie? I agree with you. I think the, my concern, and absolutely kids need to be able to have a way of getting help and alerting authorities when they're in abusive home situations. Um, some of the concern about this expanded Title IX um, um, is that ultimately – they will use that as a means of forcing, through Child Protective Services, of forcing parents to continue to go along with um, a transition for their child, as opposed to being able to get help in order to help their child work through the underlying issues, um, as Lisa said, that is causing the desire for the transition. And so everybody wants kids to get all the appropriate mental health care that they need. But ultimately, too, it's a process that parents need to be involved in, and the concern is that they're going to exploit this to some degree as a way of kind of forcing transitions on into families where the families are actively trying to say, hey, hey, all right, we got some issues here. This, this child does need help, but let's work on the reasons why she wants to transition and addressing the underlying trauma instead of just going straight to we want to transition. Well, and there's a whole new movement in uh, human services called trauma-informed care. And in trauma-informed care, you're dealing with those underlying issues. So what's absurd about this is that they've thrown that out conveniently in this conversation. But in transformational work, and I've done a lot of transformational work, I've trained and coached thousands of people, you have to deal with what's at the source of the breakdown. 
when you get to the source of the breakdown, then you can transform and create a whole new future that you're living into that's not given by that breakdown, by that upset, by that trauma. And I want to give a shout-out to Landmark Worldwide, who does the training that taught me everything I know and has enabled me to make a huge difference with others. So they do great work in transformational education and training people to take control of their future, but, you know, and, and have them be empowered, not disempowered. But it's like what we're doing in this conversation is we're empowering them being disempowered. We're giving rise to the disempowerment as opposed to really completing something and have it be complete done and allow people to move on with their lives in a positive and productive way. So I just want to make sure I said that because I, I owe a lot of my leadership and, and, and grave growth and, frankly, overcoming some of my stuff from, from the work that I did at, World, at Landmark Education. I want to go to Lisa. Lisa, final thoughts about, you know, based on what Jamie said, you have any comments? Right now? Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. I think I'm mute. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, Jamie, thank you. And I definitely will reach out to the Moms for Liberty chapter in Kent County. Um, and, you know, I, I agree with you, too, that Larry Hogan has a lot to blame. But that bill was passed with a 95 to 27 so there was 95 people in office that agree with this bill in Maryland. So my last comment is we've got to vote. We've got to teach. And I don't think that this should be an issue that is one side of the party line or the other. I really believe that this issue should unite all parents to understand that there are people in power right now in Maryland that are not helping our children and um, one of the first things my child said to me after coming home from Shepherd Pratt, uh, she was there for five days within hours. She said, I don't feel safe. I want to go back. And I said, what do you mean you don't feel safe? You're home with me. And so you're right. The parents are being shunned in the schools. They're going to take our role from us as parents, and they pretty much already have for me, and they're trying to take our health, and they're trying to put that into the schools as well. Um, and it's going to so, get worse, like both of you were saying. Well, God has a plan, and the one thing I know is you got a bunch of women right now praying for you and your child. So there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. We just can't give up. And I want to say one other thing. I'd like for you, if you would, please, and I'm going to have all these ladies hold me to account that we get this out there. I want the list of the 95 people who signed that bill. Can you okay. get that for me? I can look for Fabulous. it. We know that we know that Dan Cox was a no. He signed against it. He did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Listen, people, if you need any more evidence that there's some work to do to save Maryland, and it's not just from the Democrats. No. Because we had more no. than we had more than 27 Republicans in Annapolis. Probably not many more. That's part of the problem. It's time to save Maryland by shifting Annapolis, and we need to oust the people who are, are not serving our families, our businesses and uh, our individual uh, rights and freedoms. So, listen, I just want to really thank you both so much for all that you're doing to fight for the rights and the freedoms, not only of the parents, but the children. Because, listen, one thing we know is children don't know sometimes what's best for them, right? I mean, if, I, if my son had it his way, he'd have ice cream and candy 24-7 and never have a decent meal. So it is my job to make sure he gets a decent meal. So they don't know what's best right. for them. And to give them that choice, that understanding, that power is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a disservice. And it's, and it's dishonest. It's absolutely dishonest because it does not honor our Constitution. 
It does not honor our, our either at the U.S. level or at the Maryland level. So there's just enough is enough. It needs to stop. Um, final thoughts, Jamie, from you as far as what what we need to do again. Let's let's give everybody your website. How do they get engaged? How do we uh, how do we make a difference between now and Tuesday? So. Um, Mindy had given the um, the information for the website, which was uh, the, the uh, childparentrights.org, which does have a nice handy link to file your your opposition. So we have to make public comment. Um, certainly check us out. We are momsforliberty.org. That's our national chapter page uh, or national organization page. You can absolutely look on there. There's a Find My Chapter. Find your local chapter. Reach out to them. We are working hard. Um, so all the individual chapters are there. And then for me, um, my um, our, our, our chapter is Moms for Liberty, Frederick County, Maryland. You can find us on Facebook, um, and that's where we have the most engagement. Each chapter has a Facebook, so you can find the Facebook on the website, or you can you know look on Facebook for the individual chapters to so find us. Um, try, you know, ask to join. We have a couple membership questions, so please answer those. But please join our organizations and start helping to push back on these things in an organizational way. That's fantastic. God bless you for the work you're doing, Jamie, and all of the women associated with the organization in Maryland and across the country. We truly appreciate that you are um, our warriors, warriors for our youth. And they deserve us fighting for them every minute of our breath, breathing lives. You know, they owe, we owe that to them because they don't know what's best for them sometimes. And, and that's called being a child. And it's okay that they don't know. And to expect them to know or to try and maneuver them into some way of thinking is disgusting. And it needs to stop. It is grooming and it needs to end. God bless you, Jamie. Everybody, I want to let you know that next week... And thank you, Lisa, also for being on here and being so generous with sharing your story. We will all keep you and your daughter in our, in our prayers. You guys, next week, we're going to tackle the economy. And we're going to talk with Mark Mix, the president of National Right to Work. The National Right to Work movement is very exciting. And the work that they do at the grassroots level is very effective to turn states and uh, to affect change. And so we will be working with the National Right to Work organization. I also believe I'm going to have an economist from Heritage Foundation with us. So stay tuned. We must take care of our uh, economy and our well-being, our financial well-being. There is a bill that's going into effect December, I think it's 13th, about changing us from what's called the fiat currency, which is the dollar, run by the central bank to um, a cryptocurrency. So just stay tuned. There's more to come on that. You all need to be aware that your money matters and it's getting ready to change. And you've got to know uh, what you need to do to be prepared and financially secure. Radio 930, WFMD, Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station.